Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Chelsea. Hello, hello, hello. So we have a hot topic today, one that you may want to consider whether or not you listen along with your young children, but you may want to conveniently or subtly listen with your teens because today we're talking about modern marijuana, how it's growing usage among all demographics, how it's different than marijuana from 30 years ago, and what scripture has to say about recreationally smoking weed. Absolutely. I mean, look, this topic may seem slightly disaligned with our normal media and technology type of topic, but in actuality, media and tech play a really big role in the modern usage of marijuana. So it's right. It's in our lane, right, Cal? Mm -hmm. Like, it's totally in our lane. The mere fact that like 19 states have legalized recreational use makes the drug that much less taboo and therefore that much more prevalent on social media posts. We can easily expect a corollary increase of exposure to casual marijuana use with the more time a teen or child spends on social media. I mean, social media is like screaming about marijuana and parents, we need to walk away with that realization from this uh, from this episode. And for the record, there aren't many anti-marijuana posts on social media. It's really just promoting the usage. I also think if we're honest, this is going to be kind of a challenging topic for parents to discuss with their kids because they too are conflicted on how safe and normal smoking weed is. A lot of parents today either, hey, no judgment because of their own experience in like the 80s or 90s may feel like marijuana is the least of all the evils when considering things like alcohol or cigarettes, opioids, or any other like hardcore drugs such as meth or cocaine. But as Christians, we really need to face this topic head on and stand on the solid foundation of scripture instead of the shifting sands of culture. Regardless of its legality, our biblical worldview should be driving our force on how we handle this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there are so many major unseen cultural influences that our children are constantly absorbing, whether it's that marijuana is safe and okay whether it's that I can change my gender, whether it's not, I mean, there's just a million unseen influences. So it's imperative to have conversations with our kids and especially about marijuana. And because there are uh, multiple points we want to make on this topic, sort of created an outline for us, Chelsea, to go by. So yeah, we've I'm got, excited about outlines. Yeah. I love outlines. They're fantastic. <laughs> right. We've got four <laughs> points. So four points are going to carry us through. Um, and so here, here's where we're going. Point number one is that teens and adults across all demographics, including Christians, are partaking in recreational marijuana use at increased rates. Yep. Point number two is that THC, which is like what gives you the high levels, are not the same as they once were 30 years ago, making today's weed extremely potent. Mm-hmm. Point number three is that this high level of THC is directly correlated with an increased risk of harming brain development, psychosis, and even schizophrenia. And point number four is that while social media is quite vocal on this, scripture, while it doesn't explicitly prohibit it or allow it, 
Um, it requires interpretation from us. Um, it requires us to have knowledge of the God's holiness mandate and for us to trust in the sufficiency of what scripture does say about living a life of holiness. So these are our mm-hmm. four points that we are going to carry through. So let's go ahead and start with the first point. Chelsea, you've got this. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's, I mean, hey, what was our first point? If our listeners are been writing it down, they're already ahead of me. Marijuana use is on the rise. It is on the rise among teens, among parents, among Christians, and this is not okay. Back in March of 2021, this is interesting. So this is like, this is a little over a year ago when everyone was really busy thinking about politics and COVID and stuff. This little uh, report dropped on the U.S. Senate Caucus on International Narcotics Control. They published a report, um, and according to this report, nationally, between 2009 and 2018, among those 12 years old and older who reported using cannabis in the past 30 days, the percentage who used daily or almost daily increased by 18%. By 2019, an estimated 13.8 million Americans were using cannabis daily. So, I mean, listen, to put that simply, occasional users are now becoming daily users. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah. I mean, this is, and this is the reality. And it's because yeah. 19 states um, have legalized its recreational use um, for sure. Yeah. So it makes it easier to use. And even in the states that it may not be legal to buy it. And I'll be honest to jump in here. Like I'd be lying if I would, if I'd say that this was not a parenting challenge that I faced with my children. It, it absolutely is. I mean, in the course of my 16 years of parenting, I've had a seventh grader given marijuana by someone. Um, I have found bags of weed in our child's possession. And yes, mm-hmm. we promptly dump this out and, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. for, and enforce disciplinary you know, actions when we can. Um, I've even had a, a child offered edibles at a church camp. This is a yeah. huge issue. So Chelsea, why do you think this is? I mean, definitely normalization within our culture has a big part of it. Um, I, at, when we started researching this and we, you know, we read that, um, that caucus report, we started doing a little digging and I read an article about a community of canna moms on TikTok. And honestly, Kelly, I was just shocked and I was saddened for these moms. A lot of these moms struggled with something before they turned to recreational pot. You know, for some, it was alcoholism. For others, you know, they were really dealing with like stress and anxiety. But my heart just broke for these moms because they're struggling, right? We're, we're both moms. We've been there. Mm-hmm. We know what it feels like to struggle with kids. But they ended up trading in one vice for another. And the argument for some might be that since they're able to function better in their day-to-day life smoking weed rather than drinking alcohol or being stressed out, you know, we have to ask ourselves, does the ability to function make the trade-off any better? Mm. No. I mean, there's still something going on in her heart seeking out and worshiping. Um, and hopefully she, she's, she's, you know, she's assuming that if she smokes this pot, you know, maybe whatever is going on in her inner man will be resolved. But the reality is like, this is a heart issue. There, there's a massive heart issue in America right now. And we're just trying to normalize it to make ourselves all feel better. We're trying to numb and ourselves. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, on it's like social media is an amazing way to normalize deviant behavior. I think if we really want parent, or I, I think 
we really want parents to walk away from this podcast realizing there's a whole world of ideas, lifestyles, and beliefs that are just being normalized mm-hmm. on social media. And honestly, there's if if we're creating critical thinkers, you know, there are key words we can teach our kids when they're reading on online, words like sharing or raising awareness. Um, these are catchphrases for people who might be attempting to normalize sinful behavior. In fact, from that same article, I read about another mom who was fired from her job after she tested positive for THC, and she felt, quote, embarrassed and ashamed. So she went to social media to raise awareness, and she felt like she had to post in order to, quote, feel comfortable in my own skin, end quote. Hmm. I, I, I mean, there's also some new research, um, a study called Getting High for Likes, exploring cannabis-related content on TikTok that was done by the Drug and Alcohol Review. This study analyzed TikTok's popular marijuana hashtags. They collected 881 videos that each had more than 1 million views from nine of the most popular marijuana hashtags. Many of the most viewed videos portrayed cannabis positively. Four hundred is that right? Four hundred and seventeen million views. Four hundred and seventeen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is crazy. Sorry. While negative depictions were viewed the least, only twenty-eight million. And then the Hazelden Betty Ford Clinic website discusses a study that analyzed five thousand tweets from Twitter to gain insight on the use and effects of dabbing. And if you don't know what dabbing is, we're going to discuss it a little bit later on. So. Write it on the corner of your notes, and we are going to get back to it. But this, um, these tweets, 22% of the tweets about dabbing referenced extreme physical effects, and 15% mentioned an excessive amount uh, or engaging in several sessions back-to-back. The most common physiological symptom mentioned was passing out or losing consciousness. Like This is what's being done for fun, Kelly. Am I understanding this right? right. Like, this is recreational. Yeah. And what I find interesting is that there's so many studies analyzing the intersection of social media and marijuana use. Yeah. All those that you had just listed, it's as though the world is realizing, researchers are realizing it has become so normal. We're seeing increased rates of emergency room visits because of Young, young people using this high-potency marijuana, mm-hmm. which makes everybody wonder, okay, how is this becoming so normalized in the younger generation? Well, social media. And so here we have all of these studies reviewing this, and it's, it is really interesting. And Chelsea, I'd like to elaborate on something that you stated earlier you know, about the, the greater heart issue. Um, but before I do, I'd kind of like to add that you know, vaping is really mm-hmm. tied into all this. Vaping is such a huge issue. And I, I say with so much regret and sadness, frankly, that I don't know if vaping is a battle that can actually be won without some sort of divine intervention in our culture. Yeah. Vaping, when my, my 20-year-old kids, it was in their young 20s, when they were in middle school and high school, was like a huge, massive issue in yeah. our lives. And now I have to say that it has actually been demoted in, in its severity because mm-hmm. there are so much other bigger issues such as marijuana, such as dabbing, such as, you know, them getting into edibles because someone, you know, got a hold of them and they're being offered, you know, to them in right. school or in church. Um, so vaping is, is a really big issue. Um, but if a, if a child gets hooked on vaping, it's an easy gateway into dabbing. So I'll just go ahead and... Yeah describe what that dabbing is. So the term dabbing is 
when you um, inhale the vapors, like you would be vaping, that's what inhaling the vapors of nicotine, but here you're inhaling the vapors derived from cannabis-based oils, concentrates, or extracts through a vape-like pen. So mm -hmm. they kind of go hand in hand, but you are doing it's marijuana instead of nicotine. So and go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I, we talked about this earlier on the, like before the call, like this is happening in classrooms, like vape pens with marijuana are happening in classrooms, in school. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is how normalized it's become. It's so, so accessible it, mm -hmm. that it's, mm -hmm. that I can just do this while I'm in my public high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and really to expound even further than the vape pen um, all drug use, I mean, the entire opioid crisis is all tied into this. And, you know, because yeah. of my regular job as a pharmacist, like the opioid crisis is on a constant, my, always on my radar. But what we're seeing then this drug use is there is a, because there's such a huge issue, there is a much bigger issue that ties into the need and desire to participate in recreational or habitual drug use. And it mm -hmm. is this heart issue as you said, Chelsea. So mm -hmm. now I admit I am not a sociologist and I'm not an anthropologist, but I really like our, consider, our, our listeners to consider this hypothesis. You and I have talked about this and, and I really feel passionate that this is the deeper issue that's going on. So consider yeah. this. For as long as there have been celebrities, there has been fame-induced drug use, drug abuse, and overdoses. The list is so long of, of famous musicians or actors or, or you name it, celebrities who have died because of their drug abuse. I mean, some of our most you know, prevalent uh, musicians, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, mm -hmm. Prince, if you're hip and into today's world, Juice World. I, I don't really know who I'm he is. I'm not hip and into I'm, today's world, obviously. My, my, kids, my kids like to listen to him, but... Um, I mean, <laughs> famous actresses from, and we're talking from a long time ago to just now, right? Judy Garland, Marilyn Monroe, just a couple of weeks ago, actress Anne Hesch, right, crashed into a home under the influence of cocaine and died. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. but if we move that lens and look at child stars, how many yeah. of the kids who become famous and rich and they just cannot handle the fame and the pressure that comes with this? every single Disney Channel star. You know, they grow up yeah. and they turn to drugs to ease their troubles, to forget their reality. So follow me here. Our kids today are defining their lives based on the content that they create and the brands of themselves that they're selling on social media. Yep. Social media yep. and culture has told them that this is their purpose, whether they're to sexualize themselves or promote themselves or sell themselves. For so many young people, this is their only meaning in life. And this mm -hmm. is tragic. This mm -hmm. is absolutely tragic. No one can hold up under this pressure. I, I equate this pressure that our children feel because of social media to be the same pressure that child celebrities face. And if by mm -hmm. chance your child is, quote, lucky enough to become popular on social media, they have the added pressure of generating and maintaining content and keeping their followers happy. It can be this way with any social media. I mean, even if you're just sharing with friends, you can feel this pressure, much less yeah. trying to create a brand. I mean, even us with Brave Parenting, 
we can feel the pressure to constantly generate content. I cannot fathom the young mind and the fame that they feel like they must attain in order to have purpose. This same desire for fame has brought down so many of the most talented and celebrated entertainers of our time, which brings me to my theological point here. We are not meant to be worshiped. We are not meant to worship ourselves or for anyone else to put us on a platform and worship us. As image bearers of God, we cannot handle this type of worship because by design, we were never meant to. This is not our purpose in life. Our purpose is not to be famous. Our purpose is not to be worshiped. This is not where meaning is found. God alone is meant to be worshiped. Jesus Christ deserves our endless praise. Not a TikTok star, not a YouTube gamer or a Twitch gamer, whatever, whatever platform it is that you're finding these celebrities or these people to worship. When we worship the wrong thing, the wrong person, we are bound to feel lost, lonely, anxious, and hungry, craving anything. And if we're not getting the fame, then we crave a substance. Or if we're getting too much fame, we crave, and crave that thing that will numb the futility of that type of life because that was never what we were meant to have. So therefore, I don't know, I, I just really argue that we cannot neglect this correlation between feeling this need of fame or need to be this content creator um, that's super successful in social media with the emptiness this causes that leads to recreational drug use. We've seen it. The, the example has been before us for decades about celebrities and the emptiness of fame. So to me, this is one of the strongest draws for young people to drink, to vape, to dab, to smoke weed, whatever. It's because of this senseless pressure to be seen, to be heard, to be liked, to have shares and follows. And it all leads them to this place where they believe that they need a substance to help them cope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head, honestly. Like, I feel like, okay, are we done here? I mean, I don't know. I think we just nailed it. Like, it's the deeper heart issue this is what's really really going on it really is because we get so consumed and overwhelmed as parents with the outward the behaviors that we forget that all of these behaviors are coming from a person's heart that's why proverbs says guard it guard your Mm -hmm. heart it is the wellspring of life because everything flows from it and if our heart is is under pressure like all these things you just um listed the anxiety the pressure to create content the emptiness the loneliness the isolation i mean that's one of the things that social media has done very well is isolated people Mm -hmm. you know you can have 1.2 million followers but you have like zero friends like actual friends that you meet face to face and there's an emptiness to it um yes our hearts are going to seek out something that is going to numb that what that will numb it to that futility of life because mm-hmm. we were not created to be like that at, at, yeah. and we just weren't yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I mean it's and our kids are not the only ones that can fall prey to this i think adults are in the oh my same gosh, yes i mean we all yeah i mean we can't just say it's kids kids are just more vulnerable because they're so impressionable yeah. their brains are still forming but adults are using. I'm not, I mean, the statistic is not just that kids are using more marijuana, adults are using more marijuana. And so yeah. we too have to recognize that our hearts too can crave to numb, you know, us from the futility of life. So, okay, but yeah. I digress on that point. But let's go ahead and keep this moving and let's go on to the second point 
um, which is more of a technical point, that, but we do need to hit on it because it's important. And that's on THC concentrations. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this next bit, uh, many of our listeners will find interesting. So this is coming from that same report the, from the U.S. Senate caucus. Okay, it says THC concentrations or cannabis potency have increased dramatically over the past three decades. According to a peer-reviewed study in the 1990s, the average THC concentration in illicit cannabis plant material was about 4%. By 2014, that figure had tripled to about 12%. And today, the average potency, excuse me, of THC in cannabis products sold in dispensaries in the United States is between 18 and 23%. And the price per serving for most products has decreased in certain states, making it potentially more accessible. Now, according to the DEA, that's the Drug Enforcement Administration, cannabis concentrates a highly potent form of THC that often looks like honey or butter can be up to four times stronger than the THC found in top quality in a top quality cannabis flower. And it ranges from 40 to 80%. So, okay. Am I like, (laughs) you can go into a dispensary, right? You can get like some pot and it's going to be between like 18 and 20%, but then you can get this like honey or butter stuff. That's even stronger and it can range from 40 to 80%. And remember that the dabbing is using concentrates. So that's like the honey or the butter that they're talking that, about. That is, is that my what? understanding. Okay. Yes. Because Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it goes on to say that such concentrates are typically used in cannabis-infused foods, beverages, and e-cigarettes. Yeah, e-cigarettes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I can add, <laughs> the more potent pot, the it doesn't mean it's more expensive pot. It did like that's that we cannot equate like if it's more potent, it's more expensive. It's not like other illicit drugs. Um, it is still very reasonably priced for a teenager, seven dollars a joint. In 2022, this past summer, I this is shocking. Colorado reported record low prices at seven hundred dollars a pound. I mean now a pound. I a pound. Seven hundred dollars a pound. Do you guys know how much pot that is? That's a <laughs> sorry i used to use like i in high school i did so i'm like that's a lot sorry not with and i'm sorry yeah and honestly like seven hundred dollars is not that ludicrous i'm not saying that every teenager has seven hundred dollars but i'm telling you i have teenagers who work and they have seven hundred dollars at their yeah i mean they're their bank account, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, not that they're spending it on a pound of marijuana, but that's that's not right. that's an easily accessible amount of money. Yeah, no, and this is okay. Last last little point: Colorado took in over 27 million dollars in marijuana tax revenue in June 2022. I mean, Kelly, those numbers are crazy. I'm 20... sorry, they're just they're just crazy. Right. Yeah. So there is a there is a definite money financial gain to be had. Like yeah, $27 million in one month, in one month of revenue from the, just the state of Colorado. So, so basically what you're saying is it's cheap, it's more potent, and kids are told that it's totally fine and normal because it's legal, and culture says, hey, let's, let's do this. <laughs> this is great. It's awesome. That's it. I mean, so, so far, like, this is what we can summarize that we've... <laughs> it's kind of like a perfect storm. And our kids are like fresh meat. Right. Like mm-hmm. they're so vulnerable. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So 
based on this, I'm, but I'm going to venture really to guess that most parents are a little less inclined to believe, or at least before this podcast, maybe um, that marijuana is dangerous. In fact, yeah. I would, I would really say that um, a lot of parents would rather their kids smoke weed than to drink because it seems like the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And, and maybe that I think that was the case before it became so concentrated. Um, you know, many Christians would argue that because the Bible allows the recreational use of alcohol, then why wouldn't it also allow the recreational use of marijuana? And we're going to hit on this alcohol topic in a little bit, but in some regards, we may actually be the lesser of those evils, right? But again, we have to remember that marijuana is different today. It is a different story based on these, these facts. And this is, I mean, you can just Google this and it's just all over. There is tons of reports, tons of, of, of documentation of how concentrated THC has become. Um, so yeah. we have to realize that, that this is a different story, that just by the, the data that the, the, even the government is putting out, mm-hmm. this, this is a different story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, do, I, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I kind of like, I dropped the bomb a little bit too early, but I mean, <laughs> you know, to our listeners, like in full disclosure, I did smoke pot as a teen. I'm not proud of it. I was an unregenerate person. You know, I didn't know the Lord and I just literally did whatever pleased my, my flesh. Um, but pot for me, like, as we've talked about in all these other scenarios, it was a way to escape. Um, I gave myself over to a lot of different releases, but um, pot was, pot was one of them. And look, as an adult, as a, as a regenerate adult, I have had to fight and wrestle with the idea that pot is the lesser of two evils. Because I bought into a lie a long, long time ago that it was natural, it was safe, it wasn't going to create an addiction like drinking or other drugs would. But I'm going to keep saying it. This report is crazy. And I had no idea that the levels of THC had increased so dramatically. And honestly, I think without knowing this information, I can understand why there would be some parents that would think pot, especially the stuff that they smoked as teens, is safer than drugs and other, um, and, and alcohol, but it's just not the same. It's literally comparing apples and oranges. But if we're completely honest, the level of THC should not be what changes our opinion, right? Scripture should have changed my opinion and informed my decision about whether pot was okay or not. But honestly, looking at these crazy high potency levels, we have to wonder, Mm -hmm. are there side effects? that occur with such high potency. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is, that's going to bring us to our our next point because for so long we believed that this was, it was just okay. You could just feel numb for a little while and no big deal. Like people did not get quote addicted to pot. That was what was said for decades. And so that's why it was done. But now, now that we're looking at these high levels, now we have point number three, these higher THC concentrations have been associated with Injured brain development, psychosis, and even schizophrenia. Oh my goodness. I was reading a meta study from the Psychiatric Times and their research article on cannabis-induced potency said, quote, substance abuse comorbidity and psychotic disorders has been described as the rule rather than the exception. This is basically saying that psychotic disorders by and large have a substance abuse origin. Mm-hmm. Kelly, it's the rule, like not the exception. Yeah. You know, and it's not really that completely shocking, right? Because we're talking about it, 
fairly unregulated substance. I mean, if it can go from 4% in the 90s to 23% on average now, I mean, who's regulating this, right? <laughs> right. And so, right. I mean, we're talking about this substance that is, distorts your reality, and now it's five times stronger. So yeah, we're going to expect yeah. that our, the reality is going to be distorted even more so. There's going to be major changes going on in the brain. And so even though there are so many people screaming, this is safe and it's harmless, I mean, this is, this is really not that shocking that, yeah, we're going to mm -hmm. expect different side effects. So some data gathered by the European Monitor, Monitoring Center for Drugs and Alcohol Addiction, they're researching where high-potency THC is available in different cities. And I believe mm -hmm. they looked in London, Paris, and Amsterdam. And that's where high-potency THC is very commonly used. And there they're seeing that the, those who use high-potency pot on a daily basis, that they had a four times greater risk of developing psychosis than those mm -hmm. who had never used, were using non-high-potency. And mm -hmm. then also that those who start using cannabis at 15 years old, 15 or younger, have an elevated risk of developing psychosis than those who start as adults. So we, we know that the brain is developing. So this too is not too surprising that, of course, you use a high-potency THC, it alters your reality, it changes, alters your brain. So we're expecting, yeah, you have an elevated risk of developing psychosis. So there's a story about um, a young man that I know we both read this article um, in NPR. It was back in May 22, and his name is Ethan Andrew. He had started using marijuana at 16 to sort of just the normal teenage use. I just kind of want to numb myself and, and chill out. And um, his symptoms of cannabis-induced psychosis started when he was 18 after several months of smoking what he called high-potency marijuana every day. So exactly what we just noted in this study is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. He started smoking every mm -hmm. day, this high potency, and he started enduring this psychosis. And it took mm -hmm. several months for the psychosis to pass. He described it as not knowing the difference between being in a dream and being in reality. He said this is the worst part that he went through. He said he would have a dream that he and his friends went hiking. And the next day when he'd be hanging out with his friends, he would say, guys, wasn't that so fun? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? And he describes this surreal experience of being awake, but not knowing if you're actually dreaming. I mean, that's just one way that this psychosis is described. And it took this young man months to recover. Oh, I mean, this, I mean, it's a great testimony for our listeners to hear to the reality of high potency marijuana and its dangers. But oh my gosh, his story is so relatable because he started using it to mitigate his anxiety, his depression, and his OCD issues. And I'm, Cal, I mean, honestly, have we been discussing anxiety and depression mm -hmm. since the inception of Brave Parenting? I mean, it was one of the things that we were like, hey, this is changing kids, like social media was, the anxiety yep. and the depression we were seeing coming out of young people because they were um, on social media, because they couldn't handle mm -hmm. the pressures of social media, right? Right. And sadly, this young man thought that smoking pot would yeah. solve his problems. Yeah, he just needed to numb himself for a moment from all of those things that were going on in his heart. But oh my gosh, it made it worse to like the 10th degree. I mean, can you imagine not knowing what's real or what's a dream for two solid months? 
Yeah. I, that would be absolute torture for yeah. me, like absolute torture. Yeah. And for those who continue to use, this is where they're seeing um, even diagnoses of schizophrenia because mm-hmm. you, I mean, that's schizophrenia is kind of just that same way. You don't know what's real and what's not real. You don't mm-hmm. know if the voices and the people that you're seeing, is it a dream? Is it real? And so this is, mm-hmm. this is an increase. You can, like I said, you can also Google, we're going to put some links of different articles, different research, all that in the show notes for, so you can research all of this yourself as well, if you desire. Um, but there is an increased amount um, since the legalization in all the different states of emergency room visits for yeah. psychotic episodes of, yep especially in young people, your brain yep. is not fully developed until you're 25. So is this high potency marijuana used occasionally causing this? Maybe not. However, what they are seeing is that the more you're using it, the more chance you have of this psychosis happening. And because yeah. like you said earlier in the beginning of the study, occasional users are now becoming daily users Yeah, because it's illegal or because it is legal because it's accessible yeah. and because it's being normalized in culture. So, yep. all right. So those three points we have so far, let's go ahead and jump into this fourth point because we feel this is honestly the most important point of it all. And that's that while social media is promoting the wonderfulness of, mar- of marijuana use, we have to go back to scripture. And while we know yeah. that scripture does not explicitly discuss recreational drug use, it does have so much to say about the holiness that we're called to, the sober-mindedness and God's sovereignty. So we as parents must really stand in this gap and discuss this biblical worldview of marijuana with our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the point, you guys. If your child is on social media, I think I said this earlier, they are absolutely, absolutely 100% exposed to marijuana. There's no doubt about it. It's either celebs on Instagram to TikTok moms folding laundry while they're high. And there are plenty of articles written by professing Christians on why there is no problem with recreational marijuana use. So if your child reads this in order to argue the point with you, you've got to be prepared. As Christians, we need to solidify our worldview and begin openly discussing hard social issues like this with our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you don't know where to begin, talking about this with your kids. I would start with open-ended, light, leading questions with your kids. So for example, you could say, you know, hey, I I read an article about marijuana use being on the rise among children and adults. And, you know, I had no idea how many adults were were using. Would, you know, do you think a lot of people, young people are, you know, smoking weed? You know, you can just nonchalantly ask this. And if Mm -hmm. they do have friends that talk about using, you know, just discuss that with them. You know, or have they seen videos or pictures of online? Like, do they see that it's becoming normalized? Because they're not going to talk to you willingly, most likely, about right, this. Right. But you just start a casual conversation. And of course, this is non-confrontational. Um, just really gather information um, about this topic and see what it is that they know. They may know nothing. I was one of those teens that I just completely, I was oblivious. I had no idea. There was probably <laughs> users all around me. And I just, I no clue. Like I, in my mind, I mean, probably a fear of my parents, you know, but whatever the reason was, I made, in my mind, I just made a, I was never touching that. And I don't know where that decision came from, but so your kid may be like that. They just may be like, what? 
I would never talk to someone about you know marijuana or I would never watch a video about it. But they may also be like, hey, that sounds pretty cool. So you just need to get a gauge mm-hmm. on where your child is and try and figure out where they're at so that you can can keep that conversation going. You know, another thing that you'll want to do is be prepared to answer questions, objections, or arguments. Because once you open that door, they may come. They may be waiting for you to just sort of open this door. And so, you know, I think the most common question that you're going to get, especially if you are someone who um, occasionally does drink alcohol um, or maybe often drinks alcohol, um, and you're saying, you know, that alcohol is okay, um, but pot isn't. This is the most common question that mm-hmm. kids are going to push back on. Yep. And it's a great question. Um, why is alcohol okay, but pot isn't? And I kid, I kid you not, like I would have, this would have been my first question to challenge my parents if I were going to push back. So what we have to do now is we have to think about what we know. First, we have to understand that the use of alcohol is not prohibited in the Bible. Um, we are allowed to drink when we're celebrating, like at a wedding, for instance, which is this fantastic and glorious symbolization of the union of Christ and his church. I mean, listen to this in Mark 14, verse 25. This is the Last Supper. And Jesus says to the disciples, truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And I think what he is inferring to is a future time in Revelation 19, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. But all of this, the, the, the wedding feast, all of it centered around joy and fellowship. And I mean, his first miracle was water mm-hmm. um, into wine at a wedding. But I mean, with our hearts, we can take a good thing and make it an ultimate thing. If drinking becomes the ultimate, then we have to stop. We have to seek the Lord's wisdom and help. We have to seek wise counsel and we have to ask him to change our hearts so that it doesn't continue to be an idol in our lives. And I, if it were me and my kid and we were talking about this, I would go to Proverbs um, 23 and I would read, I would read half of it. They would read the other half of it, verses 29 through 35. And it talks about the lifestyle of a person who's addicted to wine and consistently drunk because the, 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 the goal of, not the goal of scripture, but one of our virtues as a Christian is moderation. Um, that sober-mindedness and self-control and moderation is so important. Um, also, if you're, if you aren't sure where to start the biblical conversation on where marijuana, it might be helpful to consider Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Um, he says, all things are permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. You know, it may be legal for you as an adult over the age of 21 in your state to participate in recreational use, but would it be beneficial? Would it produce a life of godliness? Would it satisfy you in all the ways it promises? Because that's what Satan does when he tempts us, right? He overpromises how satisfying something will be. You can cave and then realize you're still unsatisfied and empty, but think deeply. Is it beneficial? Would it help you grow in the fruit of the spirit of self-control? Would it keep you sober-minded and alert and watchful? These are all expectations for redeemed believers in Christ. I mean, hey, listen, I understand this really well because I'm not perfect, but no one's perfect. And I, no one's perfect at all of these things. It's, but there are definitely some distinctions and some boundaries that can be drawn around marijuana, marijuana in light of all of yeah. these instructions. Yeah, I think that's good. It's, place to start with that alcohol conversation um, is, yeah, it's it's not prohibited, but we are called to moderation. 
Um, I think another aspect, and those are just great points, Chelsea, thank you. But what if your child is not a believer? And so, you know, again, we've asked this question before, what if we can't really hold them to this expectation of what we're called to do as believers? What if they're just not, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't openly reject God, but maybe at the same time, they're just not in a relationship with God either. They don't have that personal relationship with Christ. And regardless, it's still an absolutely good and right parenting thing for you to expect your child to adhere to the law. I mean, mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're, if you're like, I don't know where to draw the line because they're, you know, they don't follow the Bible. No, absolutely. We're still going to draw a line here. Although 19 states have legalized its recreational use, not one single one of these states lets anyone under the age of 21 purchase or consume marijuana. So Mm -hmm. this is a hard line that you're going to state and you're not going to back down when your child drones on about how uncool or unfair you are. It's the law. We are going to, we are called to obey the law of our land and our government in -hmm. in scripture. So if they choose to partake under 21, right, there's going to be consequences. These are conversations you also must have at some point. You know, yes, we start open-ended, we find out what they know, but there also needs to be like, this is an expectation. There is no, right, illegal drug or alcohol use that you are to be involved in. If you don't set that rule or expectation, I'd tell you that teens are just going to assume that it is okay. So for us and our family, just to give you a practical example of how this works out, um, the privilege of of driving a car, we give our children um, a not that expensive, which nowadays everything's expensive car. And that comes with this, you know, indelible expectation that if you get caught doing anything illegal or if anything illegal is found um, on your person, in your backpack, in your bedroom, in your car, anyway, you lose out on this free car that mom and dad just bought you. Um, and you begin making payments for that car. Mm-hmm. Like this is just how we've decided to do it. It's not necessarily the, the best way or the right way, but this is how we do it. So it's a black and white issue. We are not going to tolerate any illegal drug or alcohol use from our kids. And that also means mm-hmm. that um, we are not going to allow them to be anywhere that that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So because they can easily say, well, yeah, there was drinking and, and people smoking weed at so-and-so's house, but I didn't partake in any of that, right? You can still be guilty by association if the police were to show up. I mean, they would obviously assume that. So we have to kind of be very nuanced in regard to this conversation, because Mm -hmm. this is what our kids need to know. It is still illegal. And, you know, back in 2016, when I had my first high school student, um, it was before 2016, so she would have graduated in 2016. But um, so this is probably almost 10 years ago. A high school counselor encouraged all the parents in this assembly to randomly drug test your child, even if they're a straight A child, even if they're, you know, the top of this and the best of that, and you would assume never, never, never my child, randomly drug test them. Because if they know that they're going to be randomly drug tested, they know mm-hmm. that they could potentially get into trouble if they were to ever test positive. And that can be a driving force. If I ever test positive, well, then my parents won't let me do this, or I'm going to be grounded from this, or the school will kick me out from this activity or this sport or this club. So random drug tests that's why businesses do it. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. why companies have random drug tests because it mm-hmm. keeps you accountable. You don't know when that random test is coming. 
Therefore, you resist the temptation of participating in recreational use. So, mm-hmm. so that's just some practical examples. So, I mean, we want to rely on scripture, but scripture also tells us to, to obey the laws of our land. And so, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. going back to some of the, the pushback that your kids are going to give you, don't be afraid to answer. You know what? I'm not exactly sure about that answer. I'm going to get back to you because we're all learning. And so often we want to portray ourselves as these experts, but we don't have to. We don't have to argue mm-hmm. that we are the expert. Um, we can just say, I'm going to look into that. Even if they ask you the question about scripture and you don't know the answer, mm-hmm. you don't know the biblical mm-hmm. backing, look into it, get mm-hmm. back to them. Because this pushback is going to come. Whether it's the alcohol pushback, why is it different mm-hmm. than alcohol? You could also get the, you know, this is used for medicinal purposes. How can it be bad if it's helping people get healthy and get better? Mm-hmm. You see all of these CBD oils used for all these miraculous things. And so that too confers in their mind that this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. This is a medical usage. And of course, Mm -hmm. the fact that it's legalized in other states. So all of these pushbacks are going to come against you. Um, And because, like I said, since the Bible isn't explicit, do not do this, you're going to have to be prepared for all of this pushback with this conversation. If you're committed to say, hey, I don't want my children exposed to this. I don't want their brain development hindered. I don't want their risk of psychosis hindering their young you know, adult life. This, mm-hmm. is, this is where you really need to go. You're so right. I mean, you're so right. I, there's two things I want to respond to because I was just thinking about them is that high school counselor who told all y'all to have random drug tests. I think for some of our listeners who may not know where you live, you don't live in a bad part of town no. and it's a very, live in a very upper middle very class. Good, yeah. We're yes, a lot of a, overachievers. It's true. Yeah. Like a really good school district. And one of the arguments that I got from like, you know, not arguments, but one of the push, not pushbacks, I guess, but I don't know what you want to call it. But when I would say, when I lived there and I would say, Oh, I homeschool and you know, that, well, we, we have such a good school district. It's so good. Like we don't see any of the things that, you know, you know, for the reasons that you homeschool your kids, those things are not in our school. That's like some of the, Mm -hmm. the argument that I would get. So I just need our listeners to know that this is not like some like wrong side of the tracks sort of school district. This is a good school district. Um, and, and this is still the advice that's being given because that's just how prevalent it is. Um, my second point is you're right. The Bible isn't like explicit about marijuana that the, you won't, if your child said it's not in the Bible, you would be like, you're absolutely right. The word marijuana is not in the Bible. Um, we're actually seeing that right now with the Roe v. Wade arguments. Uh, pro-choice proponents are saying that the word abortion isn't in the Bible, which means God hasn't, um, God hasn't made a moral decision one way or another. And that's so false. It's absolutely false. We can make godly choices and decisions using what we know about his character and his will for our life. And this is where we really dig our heels into the sufficiency of scripture and search for answers. The Bible may not be explicit, but it is sufficient for all of life and godliness, including marijuana use. So let's take a quick look at the side effects of marijuana and see if the Bible has anything to say about that. Now, pot for most people is an escape from reality. It was for me. It seems to be for these cannon moms of TikTok. And it was for that young man in Colorado. 
So if you're a Christian and you feel like you need to escape from the stress, the anxiety, the pressure, sadness, depression, or whatever else is going on in your heart, first of all, I am begging that you seek wise counsel. Jesus did not escape from the cross. He went through it for the glory of God and the salvation of man. And Paul tells the Corinthians in 1013 that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And so what he's seeing right here is at first you're not alone. Someone somewhere has gone through or is going through what you're going through. And I think just when we're when we feel pressure, when we feel that anxiety, it can be isolating. And it is really comforting to know that this is not the first time, it's not the last time someone's going to go through this and you're not alone. He goes on to tell the Corinthians, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God is faithful. He is. And there are so many brothers and sisters right now in Christ who could give testimony to that right now. So I would, I just would implore you to seek out either an ACBC counselor or a CCF counselor. These are men and women who are trained in biblical counseling, and they are not afraid to walk with you through the scriptures with love and compassion and wisdom. Okay, secondly, pot numbs a person, and we are called in Romans 12, 15 to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, connection, emotion, empathy are all parts of who we should be as Christians. Another point, pot is associated with a couch potato lifestyle, but the Bible says each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. That's from 1 Peter 4.10. Another side effect, pot distorts reality, and we are called multiple times to be sober-minded. For reference, I would just point our listeners to Titus chapter 2. It's, it's long, that's why I can't read it, but um, just see how many times the word self-control appears for both men and women. Uh, sober-mindedness, um, moderation, these are all key virtues of, of a Christian lifestyle. But all of these side effects that I've just listed are antithesis of leading a Christian life. And the Bible has something to say about all of those side effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that, Chelsea. That's great. That's, that's exactly it. Is it's very detailed on the lifestyle, the activity that occurs when you're recreationally using every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, no, it's not going to say, hey, don't, you know, pick up some grass, roll it up and, and smoke it. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's never, it's not going to be um, talking about that. But there is mm-hmm. so much truth. I mean, and there's a, we could go on for hours, but we won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but we wish we could. Wish we, we could. <laughs> um, so, but as we prepare to kind of wrap this up, um, I love that. I absolutely, you know, believe that while there's biblical support for abstaining from recreational marijuana use, and that is solid, you you can use the legality, you know, factor. The fact that it is illegal under the age of 21, you can also mm-hmm. use the fact that that there is high potency psychosis dangers as your reasoning, mm-hmm. but however you approach the topic, please just approach it. Please have yeah. this conversation. Otherwise your silence can be interpreted. Sorry, my yeah. phone just fell. <laughs> your <laughs> silence can be interpreted as indifference. And, you know, especially if your children have access to all the social media platforms, be cognizant of, of where their life purpose and meaning is being found. 
It is such a slippery slope of temptation and Satan offering something that he cannot and he will not deliver to them. He w- this will mm-hmm. not satisfy. No one goes from downloading TikTok on a Monday to using high potency weed every day for the rest of the week, right? It, it's, it's a slow progression. And so we need to be involved and cognizant, not hovering, not micromanaging, but we need to be aware of where our child's mm-hmm. heart is because there is always a much bigger and deeper heart issue going on when drugs are needed to relax. Yes, absolutely. Brave parents, I just want to remind you, as Paul desired for the Colossian church not to be taken captive through hollow and deceitful philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Listen, we desire the same thing for us as much as we desire it for you. And I'm listen, I, I bought into that lie that it was safe, that it was fine, that it was the lesser of two evils. I've been there. I've wrestled through it because my mind, my heart was taken captive through hollow and deceitful philosophy. And we have so much knowledge and so much so much truth in scripture that we can depend on Christ rather than on this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What ultimately was being promoted to our kids, it's insidious, it's dangerous. It's um, not for their good. It is for their destruction. We may not have yeah. all the answers, but we need to be willing to have these conversations. I just saw this morning before we started recording um, a post on Facebook that was warning parents of fentanyl laced pills going rampant through a city just right outside of mine. And actually one of my children live in the city and the post from the police department there in the city says, parents, please talk to your children about not taking pills that are prescribed to them because there are fentanyl overdoses, right? Again, there's this huge drug issue. It's not just marijuana. It's, it's all tied in together and it's all about coping. It's all about making this hard life easier, but that's not what we're called to do. So yes, we need to talk to our kids about this issue. And if you really struggle and you just need to have a conversation, contact us. We'll talk to you on the phone. We'll walk through it. We'll listen. And I mean, we've been through Mm -hmm. all sorts Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, Personally, you know, with our own children, it's so reach out um, to us if if you have even a story that you want to share, we would love to hear that as well. Um, maybe something that you've gone through or a way that you've overcome this issue, we would love to hear it. So you can reach out to us at podcast at braveparenting.net. Uh, continue to subscribe, uh, share it with your friends. We've got podcasts coming out every week. We're so excited that we are back and doing this and talking about these topics. So thank you so much for listening. We're tuning in and uh, until next time, go and be brave.